Welcome to another inspirational message from Church on the Rock Pile. Thank you for listening. And if you would like more information, you can visit us at www.therockchurch.co.za. Welcome to Church Online today. Do you have your notepads and your Bibles with you? Because I really want to encourage you to take notes because it's really good to go over them in the week and reflect on what was said and what spoke to you in the message so that you can get it into your spirit and apply it. And only when you apply it can it start to change your life. And if you haven't noticed, our word for the year is moving forward because God wants, doesn't want us to stay in the same place. And that's why we are teaching around that so that we can live our best life and grow and grow in our walk with God. So that by the end of this year, we're not in the same place that we started the beginning of the year at. And so we want to encourage you and we want you to have a renewed hope and a purpose for your life. Why? So that others may live. So who's ready for God's word today? Come on. Before we get into it, let's just pray quickly. God, thank you for this day. And thank you that you died so that we can have victory and we can have freedom. Today, I pray we can get a fresh revelation of your word. I pray that you would meet us where we are and that our hearts will be open to receive your word. And may we take one step closer to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. I love camping with my family. So every year we go to the seaside to camp near the beach. I also love the beach. I love everything about it. And if you've been here for a while, you would have heard me say this quite a few times. I love the smell of the ocean, the sound of the waves, the feel of the sand between my toes. I just love it. Now that we're going back into winter, I can't wait for summer to come around just to go camping at the beach. And the only problem with the beaches here in the Cape is that the water is so cold. I mean, it's extremely cold. And honestly, I'm not one who loves cold water. But I grew up on the beach. And as a kid, we would go with my parents every December holiday. And one thing I remember was building sandcastles. I still get to build them every now and then, especially now that I've got, I get to go with my daughter. I get to teach her how to build them. And I remember spending hours building big, beautiful ones. You know what I mean. You work all day out in the sun. First, you fill the bucket with sand. Then you turn it upside down. You give it some light taps. Not too hard because you don't want to hit it too hard because that will destroy the sandcastle. You make it look beautiful and you protect it from anyone who looks at them. Uh, looks like they're going to get too close and they could bump into it. You, you, you end up building moats around it, walls around it so that the sea would not destroy it. And eventually after being, uh, getting really burnt uh, from being in the sun all day, building sandcastles, you'd get the call that we'll be told that we're going home. And that's when you started to wrap up and put your finishing touches on it. And once it was all done, you would stand back and say, look what I've made. Or you'd say something really corny like, I'm the king of this castle. And then you start to head back home. And at the end of the day, you would come to the realization one that all sandcastle builders come to know, and one that I wished was not true, is that after the sun goes down and the tides have risen and the, the ocean is going to destroy your sandcastle. The beach the next day looks like it did before you started building your sandcastle. But here, now, there's one thing that I've learned 
from reading the Bible is children are not the only ones who are building sandcastles these days. So if you're taking notes, my title today is Don't Build Sandcastles. Turn to the person next to you if there's someone in the room with you. Or if you're just by yourself, say it loudly and say, Don't build sandcastles. Come on, we can all say it together. Don't build sandcastles. See, Jesus explains it like this in Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the storms rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. The rain came down, the storms rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, when I read this, you see Jesus' point is pretty straightforward. If you build a house on a solid foundation, it will be strong and resilient. But a house built on sand will be weak and dangerous to live in. Because when a storm comes, and they always do, the house the strong house will be able to stand and the weak house will be destroyed. And we need to know that our solid rock is Jesus. He is the one that we need to build on and he is the only one who can withstand the storms. When we understand this, we can truly understand John 16:33 that says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He wants us to have a strong, solid foundation so that we can deal with the things that come at us. That in Him we can still have peace when there is none around us. And unfortunately, when it comes to the way we build our lives, we too often don't build them with Jesus as a solid foundation. We end up building them on sand rather than solid rock. You see, for some people, they build their lives on money. For others, it's relationships. Some people, it's physical health, fame, knowledge, even family. And the problem is that none of these things are bad. Most are good in and of themselves. That's why we, we are so tempted to build our lives on them. Who doesn't want to do while at work? Who doesn't want to have a strong marriage? Who doesn't want to be healthy and well-educated and have great kids? The list can go on. And these things are good and we should want them. In, in fact, we serve a God who wants us to live our blessed life. And the problem comes when we make these good things our everything. When we make these good things the foundational thing in our lives. When our foundation is money, we don't just work hard and do our best at our job. We work nights, we work weekends, we miss birthdays, we miss family get-togethers, we miss sporting events with our kids. You see, when our foundation is relationships, we don't just love people. We find our identity and our, our self-worth and our, our worth in the, in the love from others. We start to allow them to dictate who we are. We change everything about ourselves, the way we dress, the way we walk, the way we talk, our, life, our likes, our dislikes. We, we do it just so that we can keep that love coming from them. 
And when we make a good thing a foundational thing, we set ourselves up for frustration, for sorrow, despair, sometimes even anxiety and depression. You see, no matter how pretty you make your sandcastle, no matter how strong it is, no matter how deep the castle moat is, or how well the walls are built around it, it will always be washed away at the end of the day. You see, we, we see this when we open the newspaper every single morning. And it, we see it in just looking at people all around us, our friends, our family, our colleagues. We are all living a story right now, your story. But what will happen to you when the tides start to rise? Is what you have built your life on, built on a solid rock, which is Jesus as the foundation? Or has it been built on sand? Because when I read the Bible, the Bible is full of stories of people who lived their lives on sand. People who had terrible things happen to them. Destructive things happen to them. With some even becoming outcasts in their community. In other words, you could say they were bankrupt. Physically, emotionally, literally, and even spiritually. But then their stories would change when they crossed the path of Jesus. Each of their stories were different. But in each of and every single case, as the waters rose and as the storm set in, they, Jesus came by. He saw the collapsing sandcastle and rescued that person. He put them on solid ground. And this is the picture of our Savior's love for us. It's heroic. It's beautiful. It's selfless. And we can find a great example of this in Luke chapter 7, where it talks about different people who were in situations that were desperate situations that were uh, without a touch of Jesus in it, it would be devastating. The centurion whose servant was sick, the widow whose son had died, the woman with the alabaster jar, see, they, they needed healing they needed mercy. They needed forgiveness. They were bankrupt in their lives and they were in a storm. And that's when Jesus entered and they experienced his mercy and his grace. Their debts were forgiven. They got a fresh start. See, Jesus restores the hope that they feared was lost. Now we read in Luke 7 verse 41, after he had healed and he had restored he was being questioned about it all. He explains God's forgiveness. And you can see how amazing this verse is in Luke 7, 41 to 43. It says, two people who owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. See, I'm so grateful that God has forgiven my debts in my life. And today I want you to know that you can also experience the same forgiveness that comes when Jesus dismisses your debts and gives you a fresh start. And if you have not experienced that yet, I want you to be able to experience it. See, this happens when you accept Jesus as your personal savior. He wants you to stop building sandcastles and pretending to be the king of your kingdom because he is the king. 
And He loves you so much that He wants you to build your life on the only foundation strong enough to withstand the storms. And that this life that we live is built on Him. And I don't know where you are in your life today or what you are building or what you have built as your foundation. But I want you to know that Jesus wants and desires to rescue you from your spiritual bankruptcy by forgiving the great debt that you owe. When you build your foundation on him, he will add the rest. Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Because we are also different, this looks very different for each person. But how do we build our foundation on him? How do we build our foundation on him? That's the question I think we're all wanting to know. Number one, make Jesus the most important person and the center of your life. Example, and a lot of Christians say it, and sometimes we can just like brush over it, but it is such a powerful saying is, what would Jesus do? WWJD. And the only way to know what he would do in a situation is to get into his word, to read his word, have a devotional, make sure that he is the center of your life. Because you can apply that, that, that question, what would Jesus do to every situation in your life? If you're in your workplace, what would Jesus do in your family? What would Jesus do and with your friends? What would Jesus do? But you'll only know what Jesus does if you get into his word. The second thing is love and value the things God loves and values. So the first one is make Jesus the most important person and the center of your life. And the second thing is love and value the things God loves and values. He loves those who, who do right, who are honest and uphold right, godly morals and values. He has a love for people that Lost people especially. That's why at church we like to say each one reach one. It's all about so others may live. He has a love for his house, which is the church, which is his bride. But he has a love for it. And he wants and he loves to see people flourish. And when we make him the most important person and love and value the things that he loves and values because of what he has done for us. And out of love, not out of obligation. See, obligation is what religion is all about. But we choose to live like this because we want to. Because that is what a relationship is about. And Jesus wants a relationship with us. And when you start to live life putting Him first, having a relationship with Him, that's when you start to see all these things be added. So today, if you've been challenged and have realized that your life is on, on a sandcastle and the tides and the storms are breaking it down in front of you and you are desperate to have Jesus as your foundation as you, and your solid rock, you can. Maybe you never knew that Jesus loved you so much that he wants to have a relationship with you and you really need him as an anchor in your life. Maybe you know that you've messed up but thought that it was too big for God to ever forgive. But you want to allow Him into your heart to experience His goodness, His love, His mercy, and His forgiveness that He has for you. It doesn't matter where you have been or what you have done because your future is what matters.
You are of such great value to God. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It says that his mercies are new every single day, that he has set up an eternal life for you. If, if that is you and you're saying, I want to invite Jesus into my heart. I, I know I've been doing life without him. I, I've been doing it on my own. And today you're wanting to commit to him. You can. Maybe you had a relationship with him and for some reason you let it slip. And he is no longer the center, but you want him to be. Today you can repent. And that word repent just means to turn around and turn towards him. Because he has never turned from you. This moment is not about a, a religion or a particular church. But it's just about entering into a real daily relationship with the one who loves you right down to the core. And I'm going to count to three. And if that is you and you making the decision, we're going to pray a simple prayer afterwards. And I want you to repeat it with me because one, Jesus loves you. He has never turned from you. He, he loves you down to the core. There's number two, there's nothing you have done, can do, will do that can separate you from that love. And three, if that is you, make that decision today. Make that decision today. Start afresh. Step off the sand onto a solid foundation, which is Jesus at the center. Now that is you and you've made that decision. Why don't you pray this simple prayer with me? And it goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for your amazing love. Today, I turn away from my sin and ask you for your forgiveness. Please come into my life and give me a fresh start. Today, I acknowledge you as my Savior. Help me to live my life for you from this day forward. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to congratulate you if that was you and you made that decision. Well, it's the start of the rest of your life. But I want to keep encouraging you. Make Jesus the most important person in the center of your life. Love and value the things God loves and values. And until we meet again, share hope, show kindness, and shine Jesus.